year's G1 Climax um, to bounce ideas off of me because he's not seen all of or indeed any of the matches. It's Mr. John Dinsdale. How are you, sir? I'm pretty good. It's time for an idiot's guide to the G1 because <laughs> Mr. Troopany brought on an idiot, so... I, well, you you are far from an idiot, sir, but it's a subject you're not particularly au fait with right now. We were, did plan different plans. Unfortunately, our good friend Chelsea's following up very well. The plans will come, come later in the week and we'll form next week's Troopany show. Um, and we'll have another episode of Beginner's Guide as we slowly creep our way up to 80 hours of entertainment with the Beginner's Guide of Japanese Wrestling. And they said we'd never get it done. They were kind of right, because history never stops. It's not even past. Anyway, let's just move on. We're going to go block by block, wrestler by wrestler, and discuss the tournament they've had in the G1 Climax 32 so far. And we're going to start with block A, because that seems to be the basic place to start. And that is Dariano, who has exactly one win. Not gone well for Taru. Um, he has beaten Jonah in nine minutes and one seconds, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> In a match I don't remember that well, and I think it was a count-out in the usual tomfoolery. I guess they've realised that break glass for yarn or shenanigans isn't working as well as it used to. No, true. I mean, it's also the point, like, it's just massively unrealistic in a seven-person block for him to win more than two matches. You know, in a, in a ten-person block, you can see him outwitting five people. That's fine. But there's only seven people, so, so you have the. If he normally scores about ten, it can only really score about four. <laughs> yeah. So you know he he hasn't wrestled Jeff Cobb yet, so that's going to go well, obviously. Um, and I think you know just for one year, he's he's not in the right place. He's not the right wrestler for this tournament. I'm surprised they put him in, to be honest. Uh, there could have been somebody else who would have done a better job. Probably because he's going to upset someone in like the last year. Well, he upset Jonah. That was a, that was the first thing. He probably will get an upset victory, but he's only got he's only got Yano and Cobb. Oh, sorry, he can't wrestle himself. He's only got Cobb left, so he might beat Cobb. We could stuff things up right royally for Cobb, because <laughs> at the top of the thing, Jonah and Kazuchika Okada are on six points. Okada's got two matches left. Uh, Jonah's got two matches left. Cobb can't catch them. Well, Cobb's got two matches left as well. So I suppose he could afford to drop one to Yano, but that means he'd have to beat Lawler. So, hmm. So Yano's basically going to beat Cobb by telling him the world is round. <laughs> I didn't realise he was a flat earther as well. I don't know if he still is. What is it with wrestlers and flat earthing? You'd think they'd seen enough of the globe, you know, having to fly over it. <laughs> The curvature of the earth. No? Oh, okay, then fair enough. Um, yeah, so Tariano has not had a great turn, bless him. And I think you're right. I think it's just like I think it's just not the right place for him to be. So there we are. Uh Tom Lawler. 
done well, got over, worked hard, four points. Um, and he's only got he's got Okada and Cobb to go, which is a bit of an uphill struggle. So I doubt he's going to win this tournament. But he's done well in his time there, I think. Yeah, Tom. As I said at the today one show, today at show yesterday, it's it's always handy to see like the people I love getting presented properly. I mm. love Tom Lawler's work. To go from MMA to wrestling and get it so damn right is quite well. It's not as rare as it used to be, but to see just how much fun he's having with it and just the match quality he has, I'm glad it's translated well to Japanese fans. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think I think it's um, you know he's he's been a breath of fresh air. I wasn't sure when he started doing the the, the Fargo strut and things. I'm like, this might not go over. And then after watching him for about a week, I'm going, oh no, it's got over. It's cool. It's good. He's down. That's fine. So yeah, he's done all he can do. I don't think he can do any more because he wasn't going to win the tournament, and he's done a great job. So he's good. Uh, next up would be Lance Archer, who again seems like a different wrestler considering where he was before. You know, he's not been on AWTV much, and I think they're kind of struggling to figure out what to do with him. He's not been downward pushed. He's just not been on TV. Um, and But he's good. He works hard, and it's a good job. He's done a good job with this particular uh, run in this particular tournament. And, yeah, he's, he's awesome. I love me some Lance Archer. Who wouldn't love you some Lance Archer? He's great. And... Um, He's, he's had some good wrestling matches in this particular tournament as well. Let me try and think of the best ones. The one with Cobb was great. Um, the one with Lawler was surprisingly good. And even the one with Yano was really entertaining. He beat Yano. Um, even Yano taped himself. He managed to tape Yano to the red guardrail to start with. <laughs> <laughs> they ended up with no corner pads. And... Um, Yano got hit in the head with the turnbuckle and then blackout. And that's that. <laughs> you love to see it. Indeed. And then as he walked away from the ring, there was a young lady holding up a uh, a homemade archer sign. And she went to shake her hand. And then she saw the back and it said Sonata. <laughs> the picture of Sonata on the back. And she was like, yes. And then turned it over. No. <laughs> and it was like, screaming at no at <laughs> the Sonata um, and was absolutely the best commentator they've had this year. He did commentary for one night of the G1 and he was brilliant. He kept telling stories about um, old wrestlers from New Japan and Old Japan and how he knew say a Sonata from Old Japan and just old stories. It was just really cool. <laughs> Again, I quite love that because like, Mantachi was someone who even when he was like in the tag leaks for Suzuki Gun was always working his ass off and since like going solo you've just seen the immense amount of improvement. Yeah. Like he's he is such an untapped sort of gold mine for like great matches and apparently commentary. The, yeah. Yeah, it's no, a, he's great. Yeah, next up, Bad Luck Farley, also on four points. Not done badly, not done particularly well. Always tries hard, had some good matches. Can't say an awful lot more about him, really. He's one of, he does always turn it on for G1 Climax. He, he understands like it's important that he does well in this particular tournament. But he's a big lad, and that's, that's pretty much his thing. Indeed, he's still a draw, and he's still worth having around, and he's a good monster. So, yeah, but it's... 
he's never going to win it, is he? <laughs> no, Fowler is kind of the guy you have around when it's like break glass for monster. Yeah, that's it. You know, the last time he had a serious run at Ocada was, what, four years ago? And he's, well, to be fair to him, the pandemic's kind of hit him hard. And he spends more time in the front office looking after the dojo and stuff these days than he has done before. So he's, he's got a nice job of being Yuji Nagata when he gets older, basically. <laughs> and that's kind of where he's at, really, in his career, I think. It's like, you know, bear in mind, seven years ago, he beat Shinsuke Nakamura for the Intercontinental Championship. It's like, you know, he's, he's a good player. He can work when he needs to. And he does turn it on. But again, he's never going to be, he's never going to get there. In the long run. But again, he's had an IWGP Tag Team Championship in the last 12 months as well. You know. I think he's just content to like train his students and kick some ass when he needs to. He's not he's not pushing for the top spot. He's just sort of content with where he is. Because he's still pretty widely regarded, even though he doesn't really have to do all that much a lot True. of the time. Yeah. Okay then. Jeff Cobb went unbeaten in singles matches in the G1 last year until the last night when he lost to Kazuchika Okada. This year, he's only won three, and he's only wrestled. Ooh, where are we? Cobb. He's won. He got beaten by Jonah. He got beaten by Okada. He's got Lawler and Yano left, so he could win the he could win the the block. And it's indicative of the fact there's more competition in this year's G1 because there's more wrestlers of a higher standard. Um, so yeah, I think he's done all right. His performances have been pretty damn good. Um, and yeah, he's kind of where he needs to be. He's not, <clears throat> he's still a big monster. And the, the big, the big riff on this year's G1 has been between him and Jonah is number one kaiju. That's, that's the Ichiban kaiju. That's been <laughs> the big thing. Um, um, but Jonah apparently is Ichiban kaiju at this particular point. There we go. Yeah, it's Cobb's kind of fallen into an unfortunate position in this block because he's the second monster toy. <laughs> it's like Fowler is the old guard monster, Cobb is the like mid guard monster, and bloody Jonah is the new monster. And obviously, the new monster is going to get the most attention. True. Yeah. So he's he's no matter how dominant he's going to be. Like the focus is probably going to end up on Jonah just because it's like, ooh, shiny. <laughs> uh, next up is Kazuchika Akada, the Rainmaker. Six points, three wins, four matches, only one loss to Jonah. Um, yeah, uh, he's got Lawler and Archer left. I can't see him losing to Lawler, and I can't see him losing to Archer either. Um, which would give him a good, strong run. And the advantage of this year's booking is there's four semi-final slots, not just two final slots. So you can play around with that a little bit. And you could have Okada uh, win this, even though he loses to Jonah, which gives him some fallibility. You know. But it's who's going to win block. I'm trying to think who goes. Is it block A versus block C? Or what's happening? Block A versus block B. So the likely winner of block B is going to be a big name. <laughs> hmm one way or another. So, yeah, it could be interesting to see how that plays out about who's going to get to who. So, because either way, you could be giving away a Wrestle Kingdom main event, which they don't tend to do. So, I'm wondering if Okada slips up in the final stretch and somebody else gets the semi-final slot, maybe Jonah. Um, but we'll see. But Okada, he's, um, 
joint top, but in, well, he's in second place because of the loss to Jonah. But he's done well, and he's a coward. And he's yeah, had a golden year for, because of the 50th anniversary. It's really not that surprising, is it? It's like the sky is blue, people pay, well, people who aren't billionaires pay taxes, and Okada does well in the G1, unless yeah. he's going through a mental breakdown, which he's not at the moment. No, no, there's been no balloon balloon maker. There's been no uh, relying on the money clip. The money clip has, has been used in the arsenal, but it's not a finisher. So it did finish off Bad Luck Farley, which is intriguing. Oh yeah, only because he's too too big for the rain make. Yeah, so Doom and, the, and Tom Lawler and Kevin Kelly pointed out like he's got a massive neck that makes him susceptible to sleepers. There you go, money clip's perfect for him. So that's that. And finally, we have Jonah, who's made his debut in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I hate to say the word proper because New Japan Strong is New Japan, but he's really kind of like in, enamored himself to the Japanese audience. And, um, you know, TDMK are well over, partly because of their days in Noah, um, but also partly because of their um, uh, work in New Japan Strong, which is obviously on, on uh, New Japan World. But yeah, he's done it. He hasn't really put a foot wrong. He played the ha-ha with Yano when he needed to. He's wrestled straight when he's needed to. He's had big power matches with Cobb. He had something a bit more scientific with Okada. He knows what he's doing. And it does make you think, what were WWE thinking? <laughs> well, they weren't. Well, no, that's the thing, isn't it? So there you go. Again, yeah, Jonah, he's a bigger guy. Yeah, Jonah's another one of my favourites who... I loved seeing his work as John at Rock. I loved seeing him as Bronson Reed in WWE. He was clearly, for a time, pushed to be the top guy before they just let him go. And then since then, he's just been like, okay, fuck you. Let's see what I can do. And I always get fearful with like top Gaijin talent going to New Japan because they usually fall into two categories. The best of the super jobbers or top stars, and thankfully, Jonah fell into the top star category. <laughs> like, there's, yeah. there's just, there's always that sort of Russian roulette sort of style when it's your first sort of G1 or your first tournament, in that they might just bury you, but they've not done that with Jonah, thankfully. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been, it's been intriguing, certainly. To see him grow as well. I mean, I watched his stuff on Impact as well. He's done a really cracking job there. Impact's like a strange netherworld, though, where Chris Saban finished Jay White. <laughs> so it's like, it doesn't really count in one sense, but he's had good matches there and he's been strong there. And then I don't know. I, lo- I loved seeing him have that street fight with PCO. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't, say, I didn't say it was bad. I was just saying, like, the... The, the way Impact booked the New Japan people was just a bit weird. <laughs> That's kind well, of the running joke at this point, isn't it? Well, historically they had done in the old days, we were discussing that this week as well, about, like, you know, them, for those of you who don't know, Yujiro Takahashi and Tetsuya Naito had the most over-tag team in, in New Japan history that won the IWGP Junior and Heavyweight Tag Team Championships in the space of two years. They were unbelievably over, incredibly talented, and, you know, they were literally the hottest tag team New Japan had had since Senkozy, and they went to Impact Wrestling and they got buried within two weeks because Vince Russo didn't know what he was doing. 
<laughs> so, what do you do? Um, but there you go. Anyway, that was the old days. These days, it's a lot less like that. But I also don't understand why you're not a Jay White and you don't run him at the World Championship either, even if he doesn't win it. But then again, he could have been told, they could have been told he can't lose to certain people. So, you know, it's all a bit, we're just a bit strange. Anywho, she'll move on to block B. Sure thing. Tomohiro Ishii has two points. Boo. Boo. He, lost, he lost to Jay White. He lost to Tai Chi. He lost to Great Okan and he lost to Chase Owens. And he's got one match left against Sonada. So he's going to win that one. Yeah, I think he could pick up a win there. But it's not. Which mainly, there'll be enough points to keep him in the tournament. Well, next year. That's only two wins, though. That's four points. You know um, what I mean? To yes. keep him in. To keep him bubbling, as it were. Because he did, last year he got eight points and he normally scores about 10 to 12. So he has dropped off in the last two years. But there we are. We discussed this at length on the Today Art show. Just yes. the poor decline of Tamahiro Ishii where I didn't realise he was as old as he was because time flies and I don't know it's just it's not nice seeing one of your favorites on the decline no it's true it's it's a slow decline mind and he could pick back up again he is the kind of guy that can just give a push to and it won't matter so you know I think we've got big things to fun to come from yet but maybe not as big as they used to be I am glad that it's like big names getting the wins over him though your Jay Whites your Tai Chi's and your Raw Khan's yeah like having said that, go. People who benefit from going over Ishii, like White's already at the top, but for Okan and Taichi, those are some pretty big roadblocks out the way. True. Having said that, the Great Okan has also only won one match. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> he lost to Jay White. Uh, he beat Tamahiro Ishii. He lost to Sonata and he lost to Chase Owens. Um, he's had a good tournament, though. He's had good matches. He's kind of in a similar niche position in the sense he's had good matches but not won anything. Um, and it's been intriguing watching him perform outside of a tag match for a while as well. Um, but yeah, it's been good, but not successful when it comes to pinfall victories, which is kind of the name of the game. Stop making or can't lose, you wankers. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's, he's in the right place, he's doing the right things, he's not doing anything wrong. And um, there is a belief that he's kind of a company guy. Um, that's, you know, Tai Chi's knock on him was the fact he's such a yes man, <laughs> and such a corporate stooge. Um, so, yeah, but like Tai Chi's like the anti-corporate guy. So, but yes, he's had some good matches, especially that match with Tai Chi, that was excellent. Um, but yeah, just where he is. Next up, Chase Owens has two wins over the aforementioned Great Okan and Tom Arishi. Um, He has lost to Jay White in an odd match where Jay was supposed to pay him off to get the pinfall victory and Jay didn't come up with the money. Um, so they had an actual wrestling match and Chase was actually all set to pile drive, uh, package pile drive Jay White onto concrete at one point when um, Jado said, we're on the same team, what are you doing? And he went, yeah, all right then, and threw him back in the ring and then promptly lost the match, um, which 
just give you cause to believe that Chase Owens could beat Jay White anytime he wanted to if he wasn't such a sucker. <laughs> Which is an intriguing story to tell and that Chase needs a bit more belief in himself and he could actually be world champion if he wanted to. Which is Even not a bad story, Tom. Yeah, but nobody really wants to see that. Nobody wants to see Chase Owens as IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Um, but they, but they, they, there you go. But it's, it was interesting. He lost to Tai Chi. He lost to Tama Tonga. Um, uh, but he won against Okana Nishi. And yeah, he's, he's not going to win the tournament. He's done what he needs to do. He's punched the clock as a professional wrestler for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And that's where he needs to be, really. They, you know, it's seven years he's been with the company now. And um, he's, he does what he needs to do, apparently to get protected as well. So there we go. Also on four points is Dai Chi, who, again, has not had the best of tournaments at some points and had some killer bits as well. So where are we, Dai Chi? He has only had three matches, though, so he's got three matches in hand, which puts him in a bit of a stronger position. He beat Tomohiro Ishii, he lost to Sonada, and he beat, he beat Chase Owens. Uh, the match with Sonada was really interesting because they had a proper old-school King Road All Japan match because they, the, the storyline going into it was um, uh, Tai Chi had just left All Japan as Sonada got started and they kind of knew each other and kind of saw him still as a bit of a young boy um, and they had a proper good wrestling match and even bumped fists at the end. The two rudos, really, two heels, but they're not really heels anymore either. Of them. <laughs> we say they're heels, they break rules, but they're not really heels, let's be honest. But yeah, so it was cool. It was interesting to see them have a like something that Kawada and Misawa would be proud of kind of match. <laughs> I still wish Taichi had more points. Now he's got a chance to pick up the speed, though, that's the thing. Um, and Sonado has the same opportunity as well, I think. As Sonado, I haven't seen much of Sonado in this tournament, so he must have a chance to have matches in hand. Where is he? Oh, no. Sonado beat, he lost to Jay White. He lost to Tama Tonga in their usual cracking defensive wrestling match with more counters than, you know, Woolworths. Um, and yeah, it, it was really intriguing to watch that match. And he beat uh, Great Khan. And he beat, well, he beat Tai Chi. Yes. That one isn't on this list. Why is that not on this list? <laughs> Where's Tai Chi? Sonata? Yeah, Sonata, he did beat Tai Chi. Yeah, so yeah, it's been interesting. But again, he's Sonata. And that's where we are. Blood. Good. He needs to change things up a little bit. But the man who has changed the most in the New Japan locker room, Tama Tonga, sitting pretty at second in the group. Four points. He is, where are we? He's got three matches in hand. He beat, he beat, he lost to Tamahiro Ishii, who didn't give him his usual warm welcome back into the Hontai Chaos dressing room <laughs> by beating seven shades of shit out of him. And then he beat Chase Owens, and he was angry when he beat Chase Owens. It was a vengeful victory. And he beat Sonada as well. And Sonada versus Tamatonga is always a fun watch because. The describe both described as the two best defensive wrestlers in pro wrestling, so they just do counters for 20 minutes and it's eight. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it would be entertaining purely because yeah. you know he gives Sonata some actual fucking personality. So, there you go. So, that was that. Um, any comments on Sonata? 
I, I, I'm sorry, Tama Tonga, I do apologize. I'm, I'm glad Tama's finding, like, a new spotlight. Like, obviously, when you're part of the best tag team New Japan has, it's easy for you to just be the tag team guy. But sort of this, as weird as it is seeing Tama Tonga not in Bullet Club, it's also great to sort of see him kicking ass. <laughs> well, he's got three matches left in hand, and one of them is against the block leader, Jay White. So he's actually in the captain's seat as far as this block's concerned. He can control his own future. Whereas he's probably going to beat White, isn't he? Jay White has not lost in this tournament. He's got Tai Chi and Tonga left. I can so he'll see beat Tai Chi and he'll lose to Tonga. Which is kind of the Tonga story. If he loses to Tonga, uh, Tama Tonga could possibly have five wins, and that would see Jay White out of the tournament. And that would infuriate Jay White. <laughs> Basically, that's what's probably going to happen. Um, Jay White, for some reason, even though he's not in the block, has turned his ire towards Will Ospreay. I think it's just because it's Will Ospreay. Because um, um, the, 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 there's a possibility of the likely final hook, final currently could be Will Ospreay versus Jay White. And Jay White cut a promo on Will Ospreay to say, <laughs> to say even someone of your sorely lacking intelligence could see we could end up in the final together if you pray really hard. <laughs> like, does no one like him? There you go. Anyway, um, so yeah, so that was that. Um, but that's Jay White. I, I can't see him losing, and the only person I can see beating him is Tam Tonga. Which would be really interesting and cool because Tam would have to win his next match and then he'd have to beat Jay White. And I think that's on the last night. So, so it feels like it would be the perfect storybook ending and protect the champion. But it would. we know New Japan don't exactly follow the most logical booking path. So who knows what the fuck's going to happen? No, it could be a roller coaster ride. But having said that, Tama beating Okada last year. Gave him the confidence to say, I want to leave Bullet Club and cause all the rift. So you know he's capable of beating a top line guy. And that sets the story up for this year. So there we go. I'm just glad that some of my favourites are doing well. Like, Jay White is probably arguably the best villain in wrestling right now. So I would say, I would say that's, at the minute, Kazuchika Okada and Jay White are the best babyface and the best heel in pro wrestling. Easily. So there you go. Anywho, let us move on to block C. Kenta has come back and not done very well. He's on two points, but slightly more concerned about say, shifting his part of the biography, his autobiography than anything else. He lost to Evil in the kind of match you'd expect from a House of Torture match. He beat Hiroki Goto and he lost to Zack Sabre Jr. Um, in one of Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kenta is always one of the matches of the tournament, basically because Kenta was in Noah when Zack Sabre Jr. was a junior heavyweight young boy, uh, and and Kenta still sees him as a junior heavyweight young boy, which infuriates Zack no end. So therefore, Zack is out to hurt him, not beat him. <laughs> it always makes for an interesting professional wrestling match for sure. Um, so yeah, it was good, um, but. At the minute, he's got three matches in hand so he could get some wins back. He's got, who has he got next? He's got Tanahashi, he's got Nato, and he's got Henare. So he could pick up at least one of those. So he might get to four points. He possibly could get to six. We shall see. He's also got a massive scar down his back from that 
street fight at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, Kenta doesn't. Again, Kenta really doesn't need wins, does he? He's just on. He he can run on name value alone. Like that's true. Obviously, we want to see like the big names get big wins, but I think all Kenta gives a shit about is wrestling. This is true. Like, that, but was this... His, that was his biggest sort of gripe with WWE that he spent a lot of time injured, and then even when he was fit, he barely got to fucking wrestle. That's the thing. It's like you know, and there's also like there's so many names in this block: Hiroshi Tanahashi, Zack Sabre Jr., Hiroki Goto, Tetsuya Naito, Evil, Aaron Henry, and Kenta. Was only Henry, who's kind of unproven. Everyone else in that block has either won the Intercontinental or World Heavyweight Championship, uh, or a New Japan Cup, or a G1, or in some cases, all three. <laughs> so you know, everyone's like, everyone's won a top-level championship or tournament in this match, except Aaron Henry, and he's kind of going to—he's kind of going to be the next guy, isn't he? At the minute, he's one of those guys. So it's difficult to see. They can't all win. So. They've kind of booked themselves into a corner with with this, so we'll see. Interesting to see how they'll get them out. To be honest, and Kent is one of those people who's got to. I think as long as he gets four points, it's not the end of the world against that kind of level of competition. Who's next on this list? Uh, Aaron Henry, as we just mentioned. Funnily enough, he lost to Tana. He beat Tanahashi in the opening night, uh, which really kind of woke Tanahashi up. He lost to NATO, he lost to Evil, he lost to Goto, and as you can imagine, he lost to Zack Sabre Jr. as Zack Sabre Jr. tied him in knots. I'm trying to remember the name of the submission maneuver. Oh, yeah, he beat Aaron Henry with replacement bus, uh, replacement bus for rail service. Yeah, I <laughs> saw that. Yeah, that was the... <laughs> So, yeah, and um, it's it's been fun watching Henry grow as a wrestler, but he's He's had some good matches. We went 17 minutes with Goto, and it was a it was a big, meaty man slapping meat match. If you see what I mean, that kind mm. of there. And yeah, but he's been good. As you said, Henry is the untested, like unproven commodity in this one. So even if he's losing, as long as he's putting in performances, then his name's going to keep coming up. It's it's not imperative that he wins. It's just imperative that he shows up and does the work. Exactly. Um, Evil lost to Kenta. He beat Kenta and he beat Henry. He lost to Tanahashi. Um, they threw the kitchen sink at Tetsuya Nato between Big Dick and Show and Yujiro, and they still and he still lost. Um, because Evil can't beat Nato, he's kryptonite. Um, so yeah, he's been a bit fair to middling. He's not really done an awful lot. He's got Goto and Zack Sabre Jr. left. He's not going to be Zack Sabre Jr. and other me. I don't think he's going to beat Goto either. So, because Goto's kind of on form, even though he's only won one match. But he's, he's had good matches. Oh no, Goto's won more than one match. Yeah. So, I, I'm I'm saying Evil's kind of stuff at the minute. <laughs> I just can't get hyped for Evil anymore. No. Ever since House of Cock Torture became a thing, it's just drain the life out of the people in it, apart from Yujiro. Oh no, Yujiro is floating on a cloud. <laughs> well yeah, because he is now the most competitive wrestler in that faction, because he's the only one still wrestling. Mm. Evil just does shenanigans, Shaw just does shenanigans, whoever the fuck else is in there just does shenanigans. It's just so dull. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Evil is in... Uh... 
fifth place in his block and Yujiro is in fourth place in his block. He'll tell you how well things have gone for both of them in this particular tournament. They're both on four points, but it's who they beat is the issue. If um, we look over bloody Io Shrine and just think, where did I go wrong? <laughs> she's well, got a villainous character, but she's still winning without having to do all this bullshit. What the fuck am I doing with my life? Yeah, I suppose so. Tetsuya Nato is next, and he managed to get himself on a hole early by losing to Hiroshi Tanahashi and then by losing to Hiroki Goto. Uh, in two grueling matches, he managed to pick a win up against Henare and then he beat Evil. And he's kind of back on track, but he cannot afford any more slip ups. And he has got uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Kenta to come. Excellent. Going well then. His dream of headlining Wrestle Kingdom may not come to fruition this year. Yeah, that's some tough competition to get through. <laughs> Let's face it, ZSJ is notorious for upsetting Naito's runs through tournaments. It's basically his job. <laughs> it's like Naito's going to set up for Destino and he's just going to get dropped on his head with the Zack driver again. It's uh, Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest matchup of the second half of the draw. I, it just, just got to happen. And you've got to see it and it's going to be amazing. But... It could be for the tournament, or certainly a place in that semi-final, you know. So, there we are, really. Oh, we should, we should talk about Zack Sabre Jr., who's been outstanding, because he's the best tournament wrestler in the world. Outrageous techers, Kevin, as he continues to say on a regular basis, and he is absolutely right. I would watch Zack Sabre Jr. wrestle a beanpole, and it would still be more entertaining than anything you can see on Raw. So, but he had a win against Henare, he had a win against Kenta, he had a win against Goto, lost to Tanahashi, and described as lost to Tanahashi with his hand under the ropes, and the referee didn't see it. Um, and he said, That's the last time I'm losing graciously again ever. <laughs> and it was, there's, there's been some shocking officiating in this particular film. Even by normal New Japan standards, it's been awful. So, yeah. Um, so, it's um yeah he's done well i'm just intrigued because the other person in this group is hiroshi tanahashi he's looking unbeatable so it's yeah who do you pick it's going to be zack saber jr or hiroshi tanahashi as much as i love hiroshi tanahashi and one more golden run would be amazing i think zack saber jr is the best bet to get the best matches out of people yeah. And they're kind, of, they're kind of selling it because hiroshi tanahashi used a high fly flow to beat filthy tom Waller in a tag match the other night and he grimaced a lot when he landed. And I was wondering if he was selling it just to go like, oh, it's like Sabre Jr. And he's... Because mm. <laughs> if he's one person who's absolutely amazing at selling stuff, then it's Hiroshi Tanahashi knowing when to sell stuff to who and how. Yeah. This is quite the odd block because mm. you've got some of the best like tournament participants, like Naito's ridiculously good in the G1. ZSG is ridiculously good in the G1. Tanahashi is usually ridiculously good in the G1. You've got like so many of the heavy hitters in one block and then you've got Evil. Yeah. You should be but, but like by the way to booking and how big an enemy is on the card, you should be winning more than he is. And he isn't. It's just yeah. an odd block. It is, but it, they, they kind of loaded it. It was this difficult because like 
see, there's an obvious story between Tamatonga and Jay White in Block B because they're going to build towards that, and that's fine. It doesn't really matter what anybody else is in that block. They're not winning the tournament. And maybe you'd want Ishii in a semi-final to make it work, but if you've got Jay White in that block, then Ishii isn't winning the tournament. In the first block, you've got the monster block, so it kind of protects people because you can just say, well, he was 200 pounds heavier, and that's fine. Block D has its own issues, which we'll get to in a second, but you load it up with stars, someone's going to lose. <laughs> and that's the kind of booking pain you have to deal with for the next six months, and they've loaded it up with stars, and somebody's got to lose. So there you go. Well, that's, again, that's a New Japan specialty, booking yourself into a car. <laughs> Oh, they seem always seem to get themselves out of it eventually, so we'll see. Do you want to have a look at the horror story that is Block D? Oh, I remember the memes about this block when it came out. It's, yeah. It's quite the disaster area. It is. And well, I can imagine who's the fucking frontrunner in it. Who do you think was front, front, frontrunner in there, having not seen it? Will fucking Osprey. No. Really? No, 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 no. No. Well, damn. Who do you think is the front runner then? Well, you've already said it's not you, Jiro. I'm trying to remember no. who else is it. Is it? Oh, it's Finley, isn't it? We already it talked is. about this. Because yes. I forgot Finley was in this block. Should we start at the bottom? Or do you want to talk about that first? Should we start no, at the no, bottom? We'll, we'll, we'll work up to that. Okay, Al Phantasmo, two points. Actually, not done bad. Got rid of some of the ha ha. No more back rakes. Let's get on with it. He lost to Will Ospreay, he lost to Juice Robinson, he lost to Yoshihashi, and he beat Yujiro Takahashi. Um, it took him 15 minutes to beat Yujiro Mai, but he did beat him in the end. It took a long while, and surprisingly, Peter walked off with um, ELP at the end of that match, because Yujiro tried to sell Peter to Phantasmo uh, for two points. <laughs> um, and Peter shocked uh, at such actions of misogyny <laughs> decided to leave with the LP. But the next night, Yudro came with his shoulder slumped and his head down, and Peter came out to say, to came back to him. And there was a little moment where the crowd went, ah, because Yudro got his girl back. They had a big hug, and everything went all right. Um, but he still lost. So, uh, yes. Um, so where was we? Phantasmo. So Phantasmo's done all right in his first heavyweight tournament. He's had good, solid matches. He's kind of, like I said, cleaned his act up to make it work as a heavyweight. He's done good stuff. Yeah, it sounds like he's doing exactly what he needs to do. It's like juniors are still the sort of awkward side of the G1 because it's like they fought for a position in there, but they're always at such a disadvantage. It's good to see that Phantasmo's at least getting a win. Yeah, that's it. You know, he's he's going to get somewhere eventually. I also think he's not big enough. He's still a junior heavyweight. Give him time, and he'll develop. He'll develop. Next on the list is Rock Hard Juice Robinson, who's been bloody awful. <laughs> not in the match quality. That's been fine, but he started off his run with um, a loss to Yujiro Takahashi. <laughs> <laughs> Moved on. Um, uh, moved on to Shingo Takagi beat Shingo Takagi because of course you do when you've lost to Yujiro Takahashi you beat Shingo Takagi yeah. <laughs> um, and then at Kurokan Hall him and Dave Finley tore the house down I mean like match of the year candidate 
they obviously had issues because they never really settled their scores at the end of Finn's use. And Finley just tore into him like you. I haven't seen a wrestle Finley wrestle like that for quite some time, around about 20 years, to be honest. And it was brutal and it was hardcore and it was essentially set both of them up for a good five year run with a company, to be honest with you. Um, it was just like that good. Um, and uh, after that match, he loses to Yoshihashi, who just, Yoshihashi didn't look like he was going to lose and he just hammered him. That was it. All ends up murdered him, um, and then on a losing streak, and on a losing streak in the tag matches, couldn't get a win. So Juice has got Osprey left. Can't do anything in this tournament. And the narrative is, as uh, ELP, I think it was, I think it was Yujiro Takahashi said, um, "Oh yeah." Then he, he today he lost. He won the match against ELP via disqualification. Um, but I think it was you, Joe, said, don't join us and go soft on us. We need you. Um, and that, that's basically seems to what happened. Losing, losing the support of the fans and joining Bullet Club has distracted him that much. He just cannot win matches. And that's the story they're going with. It, it's, uh... <laughs> it's, so it's so it, dumb. It's so dumb. Why is everything Juice Robinson does so dumb? I don't get it. But it's made for some great matches. That's the thing. It's made for great story. And it's made Yoshihashi and Dave Finley amazingly well. Somebody has to suffer. <laughs> Turns out it was Juice. That's, Juice that's Robinson, the most selfless man in Bullock. Arguably so. Um, and you could say, like, you know, but it's done everybody else in the world of good. And Juice has an interesting story to tell. You know? I just remember the... F- because we covered the show where his reveal was, like, where he was revealed, and I just laughed for about 10 minutes. I, s- I swear. Well, they did it right. I mean, they've done everything right. I think the issue is it's Juice Robinson who's doing it. Like any other wrestler, you would have bought into it a lot better. But they did it right. Juice said he was retiring. He was done with pro wrestling. He, he well, did interviews saying he was done with pro wrestling. So it was truly a surprise when he became a member of Bullet Club. But he just doesn't work like a member of Bullet Club. That's the issue, isn't it? No, it's it's just so so oddball that even like my sort of overinflated sense of disbelief just couldn't. I was just like, "What the fuck is this?" And from what I'm hearing, I'm still just going, "What the fuck is this?" Like the oh, Finland yeah. Juice match sounds amazing, but at the same time, I still just, I can't buy him as Bullet Club. I can't buy him as a bad guy. I can't buy him as this. Like he's lost tournament runs before, but last time he did it because he had a broken hand. Yeah. This time he's got a broken spirit. Apparently. That's where we're at. This is true. So yeah. Um. Let's move on to Yoshi Hashi. Rock hard. Why? Why that? Because his wife looks the way she does, I assume. I mean, that's 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 a fair point, but like, it doesn't make for a good wrestling name, does it? It's like, oh, not necessarily. Oh, no. Really, you shouldn't be wrestling with a stiffy. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, Yoshihashi, the Juice Robinson, as we aforementioned, and the El Fantasmo. lost to Shingo Takagi, but it was a blinding match. It was exceptionally good, and Takagi. Um, heaped praise on Yoshihashi, Yoshihashi afterwards and also was intrigued because of course obviously 
made in Japan and Karma are basically the same move. And he was like, I'm intrigued to see if I can kick out of my own move. That's just, that's just, so it was, it was, it was good. It was a main event worthy match. He's got Ujiro, David Finley and Osprey left. I can see him beating Ujiro. I'm not sure I see him beating Finley and I definitely don't see him beating Osprey. So it might only be four points. That these four points are a better four points than he would normally get. Does that make sense? The quality of those four points is a higher quality of the four points he would normally get in a G1 Climax tournament. Yeah. There, there's always something good to see from the Yoshihashi demolition arcs. <laughs> like, considering how much of a laughing stock he was a few years ago. Like, I remember, as I said, I always tell this story when it comes to G1 time. I did a, an article on Fight Booth years ago, and it was, like, it was me and Rob, and we did our, like, top five matches of, like, the halfway point of the G1. Hmm. And number five on my list was Okada versus Yoshihashi, and I sort of just put the exact reason was it was the first time I've given a shit about Yoshihashi hmm. in a match. And since then... Obviously, I sort of seen that. Oh yeah, Yoshiashi is actually really good. Well, when he's trying. Of course, we have our resident Yoshihashi fans, Marcus Green and Christy, who adore the man, uh, quite rightly so. They adore also have a to as well. Um, but yeah, it it just it's just been on point in this tournament. It just hasn't put a foot wrong. And since they won the World Tag League, him and Goto have been on fire, and that's been the way it's been. Um. Yujiro Takahashi, look at that, there he is, in fifth place, in a seventh, or fourth place, above Will Ospreay, Juice Robinson and Old Phantasma, two wins, um, he beat uh, Yujiro, he beat um, Juice Robinson, and he beat David Finley, believe it or not, but he lost to El Phantasma, and he's lost to Will Ospreay, which you, you can imagine losing to Will Ospreay. But yeah, he's not. I also had a imagine time. that was a fucking awful match. It wasn't particularly great, no. Um, but it, it, the thing is with Udro, the the issue, as we pointed out, he's just so slow. <laughs> he does everything right, and he's actually a watchable wrestler. But it just happens so slowly. If he had a sense of urgency about him, it would do an awful lot better. But a lot of that is to get other people over. He could move quicker, but if you move quicker, then he might win. <laughs> We don't want that. No, no, we can't want that. And Honestly, I would have loved to see Yujiro win this block just to fuck with some heads. <laughs> just how weird would that be? It's like, <laughs> holy shit, Yujiro's gone on a massive undefeated streak. What the hell is this? Yujiro versus, uh, versus Hiroshi Tanahashi in the semi-final. And then just goes on a massive streak of winning 25-minute classics, and then Hiroshi Tanahashi beats him in five minutes. That would be brilliant. I would love that. That would be it. I'd just love it if he sort of walked up to Evil on like the last night of the G1 like block stage and he just goes, I'm taking over now, bitch, and kicks Evil in the balls. It would have been the <laughs> funniest moment ever as he goes on this massive undefeated tear, gets into the semi-finals and Evil's just flopping around in the bottom rankings. It's just... That would be the funniest shit imaginable. He's got... Shingo Takagi, Yoshihashi left. I'm not convinced he's going to win either of them. So four points might be his limit, I'm afraid. We'll see. Um, next up on the list is Will Ospreay. He lost to Shingo Takagi in an exceptionally good match, as you'd expect. Lost to Phantasmo in a match that essentially you could see on Rev Pro many, many times before and wasn't much different. Um, 
beat Yujiro Takahashi again in a bloody awful match and lost to David Finlay as Finlay handed him an ass whooping. So that was that, really. <laughs> the brilliant bit about it for David Finlay was he beat Juice Robinson. Of course, Juice Robinson has been wandering around with the US Championship title belt. When he beat Juice Robinson, he took the belt and said, Osprey can have this when he wrestles me on Tuesday, but I'm keeping it to fuck with your head. <laughs> and um, Osprey lost. And uh, David went and dropped the belt and went, there you go, I want to crack at that. So there you go. So that sets up the US Championship feud for the future. Uh, but Osprey has he's not looked out of sorts, but he hasn't looked like an absolute superstar. Having said that, he's not put a foot wrong by sticking his foot in his mouth with some politically insane commentary at some point over this tournament. So let's let's count our blessings. To be fair, um, Osprey is... I don't know if they've forced him to take a social media awareness course. I don't know what the fuck they've done. But over the past few months, he genuinely improved his online presence. Does he still say dumb shit? Of course he does. But it's the funny type of dumb shit, not the dumb shit where you're like... Oh my god, why do you fucking exist? I, I muted him, so I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I don't follow him or anything. I just get that, like, the people who do, it'll be like, so and so retweeted this, and it'll be a video of him calling out Kenny Omega or something. It's just fucking ridiculous. It, it, it is. Although there was the one thing um, which made my mind curdle, which was the fact that he believed. If he just got the uh, Senorita Pena from AAA and the guys at CMLL in the room and opened it to people, yeah. he thinks that he could solve the entire issue of which leave raise cost promotional issues in one night. Which was, I... one my, which was one of my followers, I can't remember which one said, that is an astounding level of arrogance I'm not prepared to deal with. <laughs> I was fucking howling at that. I was just sort of like, how... Wow. You don't understand lucha politics in the slightest, man. No. I think no. the thing that's bothered me the most about him at the moment is he keeps saying bruv, which is just something I hate. Well, yes. I, like, I know he's from Essex, and it's like the, a form of currency over there, just how many bruvs you can get into a sentence, <laughs> but just, no. Come on, Will, we already mock you for how you sound. Don't make yourself sound any stupider. I think that's the issue. I think I think he's playing into that angle quite deeply. So there you go. So Osprey not been quite as annoying as normal. As I said, I honestly expected because New Japan seemed to be so high on him that they're practically on the knees at the altar of Osprey half the time, no matter how fucking mediocre his actual reception is from actual fans. That I expected him to be leading this block just to make us suffer all the more. I think he's, there's been a stab of realism into um, what's been going on. So there's that as well. And I think they just need to make new people, which is the reason why Dave Finley's at the top of this block. The, he's done his apprenticeship. Now give him a chance to shine. But we haven't got to him yet. We still have Shingo Takagi to go. So let's talk about Shingo Takagi. He beat Will Ospreay in that particularly good match. Uh, he beat Juice Robinson in a, also a very good match. He beat Shingo Takagi in a very good match. He has been, some horrible wrestler used to say, the common denominator of greatness in this block, which Shingo freaking Takagi, and he knows what he's doing. And he's also in a block where he can base for people, so it's a lot easier for him to have great matches. Essentially, this is a block that 
was made for a Dragon Gate heavyweight, if that makes sense. Like all of the guys he used to base for are guys like who wrestle like Finley and they wrestle like Osprey and to an extent wrestle like Phantasma. So he should have an absolute corker with Phantasma. Don't know what he's going to do with Yudro Takashi mind. <laughs> what do you do with Yudro? How oh, yeah. how yeah. Well, how do you solve a problem like Yudro? Um but yeah. I think he's like the, the golden star of this block. He was the one that I saw sort of, and felt, kind of felt sorry for, because it was just sort of like, oh god, look what you've been put with. Former champion, you carried it through the pandemic, and look at you now, in D-block. Well, yeah, but, you know, he looks like the elder statesman, he looks like he's carrying himself, he's not panicking, he's in second place in the block, let's see how many matches has he got left. His big problem is losing to Finlay is basically the issue because he lost to Finlay. And if Finlay takes maximum points, he's not going to catch him. And even if he ties with him, Finlay will take the win. So Osprey's got Robinson and Yoshihashi left, which are two winnable matches for him, which would take him to eight points. Finlay only needs one more win to get him to eight points. Shingo needs two more wins to get him to eight points. In fact, Shingo can't win. I've just done the maths. Shingo wins two more matches, he's got eight points. Um, if Osprey wins two more matches, he's got eight points. Finley has got Yoshihashi and Phantasmo left and only needs to win one of them. So Finley's won this block unless something drastic happens this week. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Finley's got who? Yoshihashi and Phantasmo. No, neither of them are beating him. No, this is the thing. Dave Finley's marching himself to the main event at King of Pro Wrestling, but there's lots of things so far. So we shall see. But anyway. even as the wild card, and he sort of paired off. Yeah. He's over. The fans do love him, which helps. Um, we'll finish talking about Shingo. Shingo has got to wrestle Phantasmo and Takahashi. I can't see him losing either of those, but it's only getting to eight points, and then have to rely on somebody beating Finley. And it's the same with Osprey as well. Well, this is so going to be the most competitive block right to the end. Yeah, it's mostly competitive between the top three players and everyone mm. else is just languishing. <laughs> and so that brings us to David Finlay, who has been the man of the tournament so far. His matches haven't been spectacular wrestling affairs compared to some of his compatriots. However, he's told the best story. He's had the best story to tell. The underdog that finally comes good gets his confidence and doesn't look like he's going to be beat. That's the issue. He looks unstoppable. He had the slip-up against Yujiro in the first night of the tournament, and since then, he's not looked back. He hammered Will Ospreay. He hammered Juice Robinson. Um, and he beat Shingo, Take- Shingo Takagi. That's a pretty good two weeks, isn't it? Yeah, those are some pretty <laughs> strong contenders to beat. Didn't, beat. didn't just beat Will Ospreay. 15 minutes and 28 seconds. Ospreay, Ospreay didn't get a look in and had no offense for him. And Robinson, well, they went at it hammer and tongues for 24 minutes. And he also beat Shingo Takagi in 14 minutes as well. Fucking hell. So this is a dominant performance from David Finlay. This is like, I have not seen someone go through a division like this since his dad did to the mid-heavyweight division in 1983 in joint promotions. All those years of singing, his prayers have finally come off. It's true. It's true, he's going to be good, and he is that damn good. And he only needs one more win to secure this tournament semi-final place. 
And you know, when when he got to the semi-final of the New Japan, the final of the New Japan, was it final or the semi-final? It was a semi-final, wasn't it? The New Japan Cup. Everyone said it was a flash in the pan. He won't do it again. When he won World Tag League, everyone said, "Oh, it's a flash in the pan. He won't do it again." And here we are, knocking on the door of greatness. He's three matches away from the Tokyo Dome. Also, four matches away from the Tokyo Dome. That's pretty damn good in space of what a year since they came back from the states. So yeah. I am very pleased with David Finley's results currently. And um, yeah, also reminded this week of an old Dave Finley joke, but Flip Robinson said something, I can't remember what Flip Robinson said, and David Finley quote tweeted it, you are the most least intelligent person I've ever met, and I know Will Ospreay. <laughs> yeah, that's still a funny moment. It is, indeed. It is. But there we go. So yeah, so... By our maths, then, it's looking like it'll be Jonah. Jonah, Jay White, ZSG, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and David Finley. What a mix. That's, I mean, that's, yeah, you see, you've only got, you've got two established stars there and two newbies, really. And that would be Jonah versus Jay White in one block and Tanahashi versus David Finley in the other block. In fact, you would have the possibility of having three Gaijins in the set, or an all Gaijin semi final. That's the only thing that strikes me is that something's got to happen. Because <laughs> I don't know, maybe maybe because of like the fact that they've not really been able to have a massive amount of Gaijin talent over the past couple of years, they've sort of gone overboard this year to sort of make up for it. I mean, it's not like any of them are lacking. One, two, three, four, five. You see, there's five Gaijin in one block with only two Japanese wrestlers. One, two. Two Gaijin in block B, that's seven. Um, Zach, Aaron, is Zach and Aaron in block C, that's nine. David, 10. Osprey, 11. Juice, 12. Phantasmo, 13. So, like, there, there isn't a majority of like Gaijin talent, it's slightly less than that, just, just under half. But there's nothing to say you couldn't have all four Gaijins in the semi final. You had Zach, Jonah, Jay White. I have a feeling a card is going to get there. I, I, I don't I'd know. Like do, they re, do they really want to do a card of White again? It could be a card of versus Tama Tonga in one semi final and Zach Sabre Jr. versus David Finley in the other semi final. I have a feeling that Finley's looking unbeatable. So I think you put him in against Tanahashi so he can get to the final even if he doesn't win it. So then, then you see them. But then you see this is the thing. Normally, we get to this stage in 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 a G one, and things are a bit more laid out, and you can see where things are going to go. But I can't see David Finley winning the G one climax as much as I would love that to happen. <laughs> and unless I think the other, just... the other problem is, we just don't know what the fuck New Japan are going to do. They're they're like the crazy pills company sometimes. Now it's well, just I mean... a case of. They'll do the most logical thing, and then all of a sudden, there'll just be this sudden screech and a U-turn where they'll pick the bloody wackiest option they can. Well, NATO was supposed to be the go-to guy last year. NATO was the, the theoretical plan was that NATO was going to win the G1 and take it to the Tokyo Dome and beat who was ever champion there. And they had to change the plans very quickly when that didn't happen because um, he blew out his leg. So the obvious thing is to run NATO again, and the talk has been that you know NATO's not got that much. NATO has not got that much mileage left on him. How many tournaments can he go into? You know, there's all that kind of talk there. So there is a possibility that you could get NATO to the Tokyo Dome again, but 
equally. Mm, maybe not. And the problem the, is it's all getting a bit repetitive. It is, and it's like... Like, sure, you might take a year off in between because Naito gets injured, but we've seen Naito, like, at the Tokyo Dome so many bloody times now. Not that many, but enough for it not to really hit home this time. And I think he's got at least one more G1 running him, a good G1 one in him, because he, he was saving himself in the New Japan Cup, you could tell, because all his matches were, like, seven or eight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> And he was like trying to, he didn't even get to Destino. He was trying to win it with quick roll-ups and pins and, you know, trick his way to a final. And that's not really the NATO way. So it's got to be, maybe this is his experimental year. He got himself into a hole with only six matches. He lost the first two. So he could get to eight points. But will Tanahashi be on 10? Will Zach be on 10 by then? You know, and even then he comes up against Finley in the semi-final guy who's not wrestled very much and he could lose then because it's somebody new you know there's, there's all there's all sorts of pitfalls you could put for nato there so that's not reasonable that's not unreasonable but it's it's block a block b they face each other in the semi and i don't like i don't say i don't like the idea of jay white versus carter in the semi-final but that's a, that's a bit soon if you see what i mean mm. and you could that's that's a wrestle kingdom main event one of your options. Why why trigger it now by chance? Unless you unless it goes short, like Jay wins the semi-final in like 15 minutes um and doesn't take a rainmaker, and then you can save some of it. You can kind of leave them wanting more. Um so many options this year. This is a thing. <laughs> it's endless. You can just keep talking round and round. The Sorry. obvious Sorry, I've just been distracted by um a clip from because it was the gathering of the Juggalos this weekend. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had an electrified cage match between Josh Bishop, Delirious, and oh, I can't see who the other person was. Uh, who put the clip up? Cheeseburger. All right, let's... You keep talking whilst I look for the, the final well, member of this. Question, so I can't really. <laughs> My, what oh, I was it, say it, was, is there's just so many options this year. I mean... In the sense of Jay White versus Tama Tonga on that last night, pretty much is the key to everything. If Jay Tama wins and goes through to the semi final, Vampiro. Fucking oh, hell. Oh, fair enough then. Delirious but, versus Vampiro versus Joshua Bishop in an electrified cage match, which isn't really electrified, it's just got sparklers on the top of it. <laughs> oh, excellent. That sounds awful. Um, but yeah, I think that's the thing is like Tama Tonga versus Jay White is the actual linchpin match because if Tama wins that and therefore wins the group you don't mind seeing him versus Akada because you know he can beat Akada and therefore there's excitement there I'm not saying he will beat Akada and then that kind of like but it, I don't I can't see them going to the final with Dave Finley versus Tama Tonga <laughs> if you see what and I mean that, that would be different but I don't think anyone would be into it <laughs> I think they'd be into Tama Tonga in the main event at Wrestle Kingdom. It's a bit short notice, and they're kind of hot shot on you if they did it that way. I don't think they'd be into Dave Finley going there yet. Not for another year, at least. Um, but yeah, so this is the thing. So it's got to be kind of a Carter or Jay White in the final from that end then. And if Jay wins the whole thing, that would annoy a Carter because he's been trying to do it for years. As I champion. suppose if they did Jay versus Finley in the final, that and then you have the start of yeah because 
like let's like Jay's first title was the United States Championship that Finley nicked. So yeah, and it was like the first time Jay came out of Switchblade and was US champion. Dave Finley attacked him from behind in LA and picked up the mic and said it's never going to be over to Finley again. So there's there's plenty there you could build on that from. And then you can have Jay go over. Finley doesn't get his main event, but by well, he God, he got to the G1 finals and looked yeah, like he, an absolute monster. Again, he, got, he gets his main event there. He gets a, be his first pay-per-view main event since the World Tag League finals two years ago. And that's like, you know, that's a much bigger deal than, than the World Tag League final. No disrespect to the World Tag League final, but most people switch off in December. Because <laughs> it's cold. Um, but yeah, having said that, World Tag League Final, I've watched World Tag League Final for the last three years, or World Tag League Tournament. Actually, some of the best wrestling you see all, all year because everyone just enjoys having a fun wrestling match. <laughs> no one tries too hard. There's no big stiff shots, except for the big teams. They, they try real hard. And you get Gorillas of Destiny back in the World Tag League this year as well. And hopefully, FTR, because that would be amazing. That has to happen. That would be just if New Japan could swing it because they are IWGP Tag Team Champions and they'd have to defend it at Wrestle Kingdom anyway. I'm just wondering if they're just leaving FTR in AEW. <laughs> you stay there, lads. Be right. <laughs> or Ring of Honor at the moment. They've been shoved off to Ring of Honor. Um, so there you go. So yeah, and that's that's been that's the week that was. Um, the other than that. Was that, a Dave, that was a David Frost reference. That was the week that was, yes, it was. David Frost reference. Love it. Um, yeah, the only other news, like some of the things I've talked about on wrestling this week. Um, someone, I can't remember who I follow, like old Dan, does a lot of wrestling news stuff. Couldn't believe that WWE haven't sold out the um, Cardiff show. And I was like, we are in the middle of a recession. <laughs> And inflation's through the roof. And Wales is a long way away from anywhere. And Matt Roberts, our friend, who's done a trooping show too with us as well, went, and tickets were 350 quid. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, ticket prices kind of put a lot of people off. It is. It is like the, the fact that they sold 60,000 tickets at 350 quid a pop. is pretty good. Yes. So, you know, if they sold them at a tenner each, that'd be 600k. So it's like literally... Like, Two million pound gate. That's pretty good in a recession. I think I think they've done all right. <laughs> so there you go. Um, and plus, you know, pay per view and all that. So they'll they'll do fine. But yeah, um, well, that's about us caught up on New Japan's uh, G1 Climax tournament. We've had a good long chat about that. I'll be back on Tuesday with the Today at show covering the matches from that particular show. We've not got long left to be honest, and uh, things are getting not good in time, so it's going to be good, and uh, some big matches to come as we've discussed today. So thank you very much for listening to me. Where can we find you, sir, on the internet? You can find me at John Deathman on Twitter. That is the gateway to hell that leads you to some sort of tweet reviews, I guess. I try to keep people as up to date on the shit that I'm watching as possible whilst our platform is under construction. Rest in peace, Steel Chair. You will be missed. Indeed. Steel Chair Wrestling Magazine closed this week as our publisher David decided that it was time to move on to other things, which is cool. We would like to thank him for the opportunity. 
for writing for a fine institution and we are going to go build our own institution now because we're in charge so yeah keep keep an eye out for announcements on that work in progress i've got some of my own personal announcements to make this is going up on monday so i might have already made them i can't remember i say i can't remember i can't decide okay we'll, we'll see what happens I've got some shit to prepare. You're running for power. Oh, I might do. I'd do a better job than most of the fucking clowns at the moment. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, you can find me at Sheriff Lonestar on Twitter. You can find the show Troopany Show on Twitter. And you can find us on uh, Patreon, where you can keep the Troopany Show free forever for everyone. If you would like to sponsor us, please do. Please get in contact. We would appreciate it if you've got wrestling products you would like to sell. We will quite happily sell them for you. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy the rest of the New Japan Cup. Well, full coverage on the Today at shows next week. Me and Chelsea will be looking at all Japan pro wrestling in the early 2000s because there's still plenty of things to talk about from that particular era. And we'll speak to you soon. Bye.